listen to the words of that song. We know, you know, God's never failed us and he never will. And there are things that we've seen him doing in our lives and in other people's lives. And, you know, we look forward to seeing it again. We see what he has done. And, Father, we just thank you this morning for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for your life everlasting. We thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you for our risen Savior who lives in and through us. And we thank you, God, for all your many blessings. We just lift your name up this morning. We lift the name of Jesus up, and we just give you all the praise and all the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. First of all, I just want to say Happy Mother's Day again to all the mothers here and out there. And, you know, as Darren said, we wouldn't be here without our mothers. So, we, you know, God is um, doing some great things. That sometimes in the midst of a lot of things, we can't see what he's doing. But we need to open our eyes and look and see what he's really doing because he's doing great things and that's where we fix our hearts on this morning i'm going to be talking about living this new life in christ and you say well i've been living a long time but you know the, the life he gives us is new every day it's new every day and sometimes we need to be reminded of what we're supposed to be doing and i i I'm, don't have this in my notes but in, in john the first chapter says in the beginning the word already existed the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. This light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. When we think about that in the light of what God, like in the darkness, his light shines, and nothing can extinguish it. We need to be looking in the darkness and in the bad times and in the hard times, we need to be looking for the light. Not looking at, the, not focusing on the darkness, but focusing on the light. Wherever it's at. And, and you know, when we accept Christ, he changes us. But it doesn't stop there. It's a continual change. It's a continual, it's a motivation. It's something that keeps going and going and going. And all our lives were changing more and more into his likeness, more and more into him, more and more into his glory. And we're going to begin this morning in Colossians, the third chapter, with the first verse. And I'm reading out the New Living right now. It says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand and we think about what are the realities of heaven the realities of heaven is not just that heaven is real but the realities of heaven is what the truth is it's what it's really all about what reality is is what is in heaven what reality is is what is in christ that's reality a lot of people say well that's not real but reality in christ knowing who you are in christ and knowing that what he has for us is awesome. You know, if you had nothing else to focus on, all the bad things going to focus on, one day we're going to reign with him forever and ever. You know, it starts here, though. 
starts in this life. So in the New Living there, it says to set your sights. You know, if we, if we talk about a, 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 a gun, like a lot of times when you get a gun and you're going to do target practicing or whatever, you have the, you set the sight, right? Or you maybe pay someone to set the sight. So when you zero in, it's really pointing where you pointing it, right? And you keep adjusting that sight till it gets right on the thing, and then you can hit the target or hit pretty close to it most of the time. So you set your sights. Set your sights. I want to take that and say, you know, um, in other words, get it right. Know what you're looking for. Know what you're looking at. Let God come in and professionally adjust it so that your sights are right. They're going in the right direction. They're, they're headed to the right target. Our target is what God wants us to have. Our target should be what he has for us. See, we get caught up in what we want to do, what we want to see done, and how we want to see our lives go. And sometimes that's outside of what God wants for us, and that's why we don't see success in those areas because we're trying to work outside of what he has for us. Now, in the Amplified, it says, if then, if you notice, if then is in all capital letters. You have been raised in Christ, raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead. Aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. It says to aim and seek. So once you get your sights set, you got to aim at something, right? If you're, you know, we advertise the men, we're going to have our, our um, skeet shoot, target shoot, whatever you want to call it, uh, in May, and I forgot the date, the 25th or something like that, 22nd. Well, we just don't, you just don't go out there and just start shooting, right? And when the clay pigeon comes by, you just don't go, Let's see. No, you, you you know, usually you get right here and you follow it. You get your aim right, and then when you pull the trigger at the right time, sometimes it's leading it a little bit. So you know where its, where its path is going to be, so you kind of get a little bit of ahead of it. And I'm not the greatest, but I can shoot pretty good. Miss Peggy's, everybody, when she shoots, they're like, oh, man. She only shoots when we do that, and she pulls it out. And it's pretty good, so that's why I stay straight. No. So you aim and seek. Are you seek and aim? In other words, you got to know what you're aiming for. You just don't shoot out in the wind. That's why when life comes and when Christ comes in your life, you don't just start doing things. Well, I think this is a good thing to do, so I'm going to do this. No, you got to get your aim right. You got to know what your target is got to know what God wants you to aim at. You got to know what God says and what you're seeking. And you begin to seek it. You know, you can put it the other way around. I'm going to seek and then I'm going to aim. I'm going to seek out what God has for me and I'm going to aim at that and I'm going to hit the mark. I'm going to shoot at it until I learn to hit the mark. And then in the NIV it says, since then you have been raised with Christ Set your hearts on the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. It says to set your hearts. 
We know that when you do something, you know, you know there's a, the, uh, like a saying, do it with all your heart. And when it, everything within you is to, to meet that goal, or everything in you is to hit that target, you set your heart on it, right? You know how you set your heart on things? You really want to do this thing, so you put everything that you got into it. Your heart, your mind, your will, your, your soul, your emotions, everything goes into that. That's what it's saying. It's setting your heart, putting everything you got into what needs to be done or what God has called you to do. I'm putting everything I've got into it. And no matter what happens and what happens along the way, I'm still going to set my heart on what God has for me to do. So what that kind of means is it's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be a bed of roses. It's not always, but you've got to learn to press through those times and those things. Uh, you do that in your marriage. You do that in your family. Um, you do that in anything that you do. If you do it effectively, you do that. You press through and you go forward. Everything that you do, every job that you do, every um, thing that you're involved in and sometimes it doesn't go the way you think it should but don't let that stop you from going in the right direction well let me turn no you keep going in direction maybe there was a blip maybe there was something terrible happened maybe you lost everything you had but you keep going how many people that who are successful you know that have lost everything they've had several times but they keep going and i want to say this to you, you can't just let me say this, haphazardly follow God, haphazardly set your heart on what he wants, and then only when you think you need it or only when it's convenient, then okay, Lord, I, I guess I need to get back in it for a little while until you do something great again, and then I'll go back. And, and you don't say that, but that's what a lot of times some people mean. Okay, Lord, I'll just, I, you know, I, I need to go over here a little while. I'll be back when I need you. Well, just think about somebody that does you like that. You ever had anybody in your life that that's the way they do you? You only see them when they need you? Well, how do you think God feels? God, I'm going to put all I got into it, or God, I'm going to put in what I need to put into it when I need you. And you take care of it, and then I'll be back when I need you again. Well, that, that, that's why a lot of people's lives fall apart. But you've got to consistently thank God, consistently believe God, no matter what happens. And I want to read it out of the message. Colossians 3, and I'm going to read verse 1 and 2 because it kind of goes together. And it says, so if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, let me stop right there. If you're serious about it, you've got to get serious about this walk you have with Jesus. And sometimes we need to get serious. Not sometimes, but all the time. We need to be serious about this walk that we have with Christ. And you know, sometimes we need to, this is not a word, I don't think. We need to get re-serious. We back off. We need to get re-serious. In other words, we need to get back into it. You know, the greatest, the thing with God is he is forgiving and he loves you and he's standing there waiting for you to get back into the game he's ready for you to get back and so 
But if you're serious about this, act like it. If you're really serious about what God, act like it. All the time, every day, everywhere, everywhere you're at. You know, some people just try to use God like a genie in the bottle. And when I need, you know, like I said before, and they just rub the bottle and come out and help me. And then when it doesn't happen, they get discouraged again because they haven't been walking in what they need to walk in. And then it says, pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorb with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. It tells you in there to pursue, to go after. You have to go after these things. You have to go after the Word of God. You have to go after what it says. You have to go after what God has called you to do and what is out there. You, you, if you go in to catch fish and you just go sit in a boat or sit on the dock or stand on the bank and you never put a hook in, you're not pursuing anything. That fish is not going to jump out on the bank. If you're fishing for salmon, it might. But you've got to put your hook in. And guess what? You've got to put bait on the hook. There's only one type of fishing that I've ever done and seen done that you don't have to put bait on the hook. The hook is the bait. And that's Spanish mackerel. They love shiny things, so you put shiny hooks. If you ever see anybody out on the pier and they're going, you're like, what in the world are they doing? They're dancing those you put them about that far apart or whatever. I don't remember exactly. You put three or four on them. You're doing that. And they'll come bite it. You got to put nothing on it. So you got to pursue it. You got to pursue it. If you're hunting, you know, I know people that hunt and they like deer hunting or whatever. They, now it's all kinds of stuff they do. They find out where they're at. They put out corn. They do this they do that they put out cameras so they'll know where what their actions are and how they're really pursuing that right they're going after it so you have to pursue what god has called you to. you've got to go after it you got to put something into it and then i'm going to give you a few things that will tell you how to live this new how how can i do this how can i live this new life what are some principles or some things that excuse me i need to put into it that will get the best results first thing is to change your desires you got to change what you want right you got to change your desires and what your desires need to be is what god wants the, the word desire means to long or hope for what are you longing for? What are you hoping for? What is your desire? You got to change them. And you say, well, how do I change it? How do I know? Well, if you want to determine what your desires are, I have three questions for you. Three questions with three answers in each one of them. The first one is, what are the three things you, most, you are most earnestly, earnestly working for right now? That's your desire. You can say, well, I got this God, but if you're working for such and such or this, and this is what you're working for, 
these, the three things that you most earnestly, earnestly are working for, that's what your desire is. Your desire is not just something you say. It's not just a goal that maybe I'll do, but it's what you're working for. What are you putting all that you got into? That's your desire. What three things? And the next one is, what are the three, the three things that you love the most? I love my car. I love my house. I love my dog. I love this. I love that. What are the three things that you love the most? And I, I kind of like to put things as not necessarily person, but things, earthly things. What are the things you love the most? Do you love God's word? Do you love <clears throat> the church? Do you love this? Or do you love everything? You got like, it's way down on the list. This is what I really want. And see, your desires will show themselves. Your desires will prove themselves by what you do. And most people can look, well, you know what they really like. You know what they're really all about. And then the last one's, what are the three things you think about the most? What's on your mind all the time? Is do you wake up thinking about God and, and his purpose for your life? Or you wake up thinking about something else? Can I make enough money to buy me a new car? Can I do this? Can I do that? Uh, wh what do you think about the most? What do you wake up? What's on your mind when you wake up? I know somebody said, well, I wake up going like, if, just help me get out of this bed. <laughs> and the older you get, you know. But what do you think about the most? What's on your mind all the time? Is the word of God on your mind? What does the Bible say about God's word? Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. Did you know that? You need to be speaking God's word into your life. It's not just there for you to read and feel good about. It's there for you to use. The word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. So you want to know what your real thoughts are about? Is let Start getting into God's Word, reading God's Word, applying it to your life. It'll show you what your desires are. It'll show you what your main thoughts are. It'll show you what your desires are, what you really want. And sometimes you'll be like, man. Let God's word reveal stuff to you. It will. It will. Romans 13, 14, it says, Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Spend time with God. Spend time with the Lord. Spend time with Jesus. And don't just be thinking about what I want, what I want to do. Let him reveal it to you. Spend time with him. Luke 12, 34 says, Wherever your treasure is, 
there the desires of your heart will also be. So whatever you put the most in, that's where the desires of your heart will be. Whatever you treasure, whatever it is. In Galatians 5, 24 and 26, it says, Those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another to or be jealous of one another. In the first part, it says, those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and the desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified him. My old self is crucified with Christ. I've put myself on the cross, and I've crucified those old desires, those old natures, and now I belong to Christ. And you know, how do you, how do you know you belong to Christ? There's proof in what you do whether you belong to Christ or not. I belong to Christ. And it says, if you're living by the Spirit, follow the Spirit's leading. You have to allow the Holy Spirit. There's, you know, we believe in the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said he left the Holy Spirit here to lead and guide us. He'd be like a paraclete. He's not going to leave you. So why, you know, it's kind of like you ever had something and you never use it? But since you have it, you ought to be using it. Since you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me, of you, or you ought to be using him you ought to be letting him lead you when you get sensitive to the spirit of god you can begin to hear sometimes we like to you know put hang the holy spirit over here in the closet and pull him out when we need him but every single day we have to realize he is a part of the godhead he's part of our fellowship it's fellowshipping with the spirit of god and we need to do that every single day and we, we then we can follow you can't follow something that you can't follow someone you don't know. You could, but you don't want to, right? You can't follow that. You have to follow the Spirit's leading. And it goes on through this. You know, don't be conceited. Don't pro provoke one another or be jealous of one. Don't be jealous of what somebody else has, what their desire is, what their calling is, what God has brought. You don't know what they've done to get to that point. You might say, well, man, I'm, I'm so... I just wish God would do that for me. Well, you don't know what they have done to get to that point. Maybe you need to find out. Maybe you need to see. Maybe you need to ask the Spirit, hey, I want to be at that point, but you're not going to just going to get there by osmosis. You're not just going to get there by wanting that. So you got to change your desires. Your desires have to become his desire. His desires become your desires. What he wants is what you should desire, what he wants for you. And you know what? I'll say this in my life. Sometimes what he desires for you is not what you really desire, not, not within yourself and your old flesh. There been several times in my life when God said do that, and I'm like, look, I don't want to do that. I don't really like doing that. But you know what? When you begin to do what he's asked you to do and you're, you start letting his desires become your desires, you begin to kind of like doing that. Right? You begin to like, oh, well, you know, I'll enjoy this. This is fun. We get into our calling. We get into that place. And when God 
kind of made me switch gears from being a worship leader to being pastor. I was at first I'm like, oh man, I don't even want to do this. I can sing in front of people, but I don't want to speak in front of people. I'm nervous. I mean, I'd sing in front of people most of my life, and you know, you you remember? And sometimes I think I still do. But you remember when I first started? I slung my wedding band out across the sanctuary one morning because I'm just. I was nervous. You said, well, how could you, you were used to being in front of people. It's a different thing. But you know what? Now I enjoy doing it. Sometimes, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes, you know, my mind wants to slip back into that time of, of whatever, intimidation or whatever. But you can't let it do that. That's when you begin to pray. You begin to pray in the Spirit. You say, Lord, teach me lead me and by the time you get up here you, you're cool right you're good so we have to change our desires the next thing is you have to change your thoughts change what you think about in other words when you get your desires right you begin to think about things think about the new desires that god's given you think about his desires and what he wants you to do and you get that in here and you begin to think about it and you begin to change the way you think, the way you think about life, the way you think about things, the way you think about money, the way you think about possessions, the way you think about what you're doing. You begin to change that. Colossians 3, 2 and 3 in Amplified says it this way, and set your minds and keep them set on what is above, the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. Keep your, set your minds and keep it there. You know, if you're... Um, you know, we have on our, our, on our um, radios or whatever. Now, if, if you stream music like through Spotify or whatever else, there's that Pandora and all those things, you kind of have stations that you set, right? And even on your car, you have stations. Or if you have satellite, you set those stations. And those are the things that you set. And you can go to them at any time by just pushing the button. One, two, three, four, five, six, or whatever. Go to my favorites. You can even tell it now. You don't even have to touch anything most of the time. But you keep them set in those places, right? You don't change it. My, my radio, I don't know what it is, but I hit that button every once in a while and I get upset because if I hit that button, it says BSM. I'm like, what is that? One day I hit it and it changed all my favorites. I'm like, are you kidding me? I think it went and found things and just stuck them up there. So I have to be careful. I did that. Last week's first time I've done it a long time, and, and it did it again. So I got to go back and reset my favorites. Like, stay away from that button. That, that button ought to be delinquent. So it says, not on the things that are on earth, for as far as this world is concerned, you have died, and your new real life is hidden with Christ. As far as the world is concerned, you're a dead man. Right? You're a dead man. He's crazy. He's lost his mind. He's not the same person. He doesn't do the same things. So the new living says to think. King James says to set your affection upon him. And the message says seeing things from his perspective. So our thoughts need, we change the way we think. We set our affections or our thoughts and we see things from God's perspective. When we begin to think differently, set our affections on the things of God, then we begin to see things from his perspective. It's kind of like putting on glasses. We can see them from 
his, his way, his perspective. And, you know, we talked about that a minute ago, but let the Spirit renew your thoughts. Let God's Spirit renew your thoughts. Don't, you know, sometimes we struggle too much. When if we begin to let the Spirit change our thoughts, it will, help, it will be a lot easier. But see, we, all like, we like to be in control, so that kind of relinquishes our control. Ephesians 4.23 said, Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Your thoughts become your attitudes, and your attitudes are a product of your thoughts. Your attitude is a product of your thinking, right? The way you think about things. What kind of attitude do you have? Romans 12.2 don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Change the way you think. Change your thoughts. Amplified says it like this. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external, superficial customs but be transformed or changed by the entire renewal of your mind by its new ideals and its new attitude so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you so don't be conformed to this world or to this world's way of thinking about things, be conformed to God. But see, there's so much stuff out there now that tells you how the world thinks and how you should think, and you think that's the right way, and then you find out sometimes you run into these things, you run into these problems, you run into these things, and you don't know how to deal with them. Yes, you run into problems even when you're a Christian, even when you're doing these things and you're changing your thoughts and you're looking at but you know how to deal with them. You know how to press forward. In the message it says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Embrace what God has for you. Change the way you think about those things. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. You know, so many things change, and sometimes we want to change to fit that. And we lose a little bit of this, and we lose a little bit of that. And we, before we know it, we found ourselves back into a bad place. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. So, you know, we, we don't have to be pulled into that. If we change, he'll change us from the inside out, which is the best way to change. 
And when it's on the inside and it starts coming out, it'll change us. We try to change the outside and go to the inside. It's hard. It doesn't work right that way. Change it from the inside out. So we need to change our thoughts. And then we need to change our actions. And I will say, until you change your thinking, you can't change the way you act. Your actions won't change. If you keep on ch staying the same way you are, you're gonna, your actions will stay the same. And I'm going to read three, Colossians 3, and I'm going to start in verse 4, and I'm going to read all the way through 17. I'll probably stop a couple of times. But I want you to hear this. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you, having nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Put to death that nature. Put it to death so I'm done with it. I'm putting it behind. And if it creeps up, I'm going to pop it. Boom. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of this world. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. So he's listing all these things that are inside of you, but when Christ comes in, you need to be stripping them off. You're getting rid of them. You're like, you're got a new, on the inside, you're all that. You're, you're new. You're totally new and renewed. But you've got to begin to let that form to the outside. And don't, it's, you know, this part about don't lie to each other for you've stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. And don't, you, that's why you don't say, well, I'm just still an old sinner. I can't help it. I'm going to do all these things. You're lying to yourself. You're lying to other people because you can change that. It's that desire, that way of thinking. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. So when you learn God and you begin to know who God is and you begin to, to, to join with the Spirit of God who created you, you'll start becoming more like him. And our whole Christian walk is becoming more like him. Until the point, until you get with him and meet him in the air or whatever happens when you get then this old body is gone and then you will be totally like him but we're supposed to be changing all the time to be more like him to be more like who jesus was when he was on the earth to have patience and kindness and goodness perseverance love peace joy all those things those are what we are striving for in this new life it doesn't matter if you are Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free, doesn't matter. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. In other words, what it's saying, no matter what you are, what you were, Christ is what matters. And He, God can change anybody. If he can change me, he can change you. If he can change 
somebody that's hardcore on this, he can change you. And stop fighting it. I think that's a big problem in a lot of Christians' lives as they fight that change. You fight that change because there's some of that stuff that you don't want to get rid of. Some of it you just want to hang on to, partially because you want to be, you want people to see you and like you and like everything about you, right? And you want to keep some of those things because you love those things. You did those things all your life, and you want to keep doing them. You don't want to change. You say, well, I, you know, I, come on, Christ. Come into my life, but don't make me change this. Don't make me change this. But if we remember that Christ is all that matters, he lives in us, and we start making his desires our desires, and we change the way we think, guess what? Those will become our desires in such a way that we won't want to do those old things. Ever. And some of them, some of us, some of them's already in the past. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy. Now he's telling us, this is what you got to do. These are the things that you need to desire. These are the things that you need to change. These are the actions that you need to have. You need to get rid of all that old stuff. And now this is what. Paul said, this is what you got to do. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must close your, clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And some of you say, I can do about two of those, but that's it. That patience thing is surely out the window. And I got to have mercy for people? I got to have humility, kindness. I got to be gentle. Somebody said, I don't have a gentle bone in my body. You do. In your spirit, man, if you're, if you're in Christ. And it can move into your body and change. Look, I, I know personally that can change. You know, and sometimes I was just thinking about this. Some people say, well, you know, you know, you get into these places or in these conversations or hear things. Sometimes it's good just to be quiet and pray. And say, God, you know, you work in this situation. I could put my two cents worth in, and it might not be worth a half a penny. Sometimes we need to just, I think that's part of being humble and gentle is learning how to sometimes just zip it, listen, and then at the opportune time be able to speak. Because sometimes if you don't speak at the moment, and that's something I've worked with all my life, you'll speak the wrong thing. And then you feel, you know, 30 minutes later, you're like, oh, my goodness, why did I say that? Why did I do that? I feel terrible. Now how do I apologize? Right? Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you and you must forgive others. Make allowance for other people's faults. Look, they're working through this thing. You know, let's pray for them. Maybe you ask them, can I pray for you? Maybe, whatever you have to do. 
and forgive them if they offended you through whatever they're doing. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. The main thing is to be clothed in love, in God's love, his agape love, his kind of love. If you do that, it'll bind us all together in perfect harmony. And I just want to list and kind of pull some things out of this. These are actions we have. These are attributes of being a Christian. These are things that Christ will put in our lives and cause us to do. And some of them I just read, it says mercy or compassionate, compassionate treatment. Learn how to treat people compassionately. You know, sometimes you deal with people that just continuously whine right anybody ever dealt with anybody like that and you just want to say just stop it and maybe there would be a time for that i don't know but remember to be compassionate and ask that's when you that's when you follow the spirit and say god how can i speak to this person in love compassionately and then help them change and God will reveal it to you. Kindness, humbleness, gentleness, patience, 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 patience. That's a hard thing for most of us to do is to be patient, especially in certain situations and with certain people and with certain things, right? You know, we, we Peggy, who's known as Mimi around her grandkids start singing this song about being patient. It was an old, old song back in, golly, was it the 70s or 80s? 80s probably. And it's a little, you know, a little frog singing or something like that. And he's going, oh, is it a frog? Do what? A turtle. And he said, be patient, be patient. Don't be in such a hurry. And he... <laughs> If you get impatient, you only start to worry. Remember, remember that God is patient too. What's the last one? And think of all the other times when people have to wait for you, whatever, something like that. But I mean, it's a be, be patient. It's a cute, it's a cool little song. Maybe you can find it, look it up. And I know Mimi will sing it to her grandchildren sometime when they get to being impatient. Learn how to be patient. Forgiveness, love, peaceable. That's another big one. Peaceable. How do you be peaceable when things don't seem to be too peaceable around you? You know, and, and all of these things, and in this, how do you do that when you don't want to do it? When you're, uh, you're, your flesh, yourself's like, I don't want to be peaceable. I don't want to do that. I don't want to love them. I don't want to give thanks. I don't want to be forgiving. I don't want to do any of these things. See, that, that'll rise up in you because of your flesh. But the more we practice it, the easier it is, and the more that doesn't rise up. Then be filled. How you do all this? Be filled with God's Word. The Word of God will teach you these things. The Word of God will change these things. And teach these things to your children, to those around you, to those that God has entrusted 
into your care. Teach it. Counsel and worship. Worship's a big thing. Learn how to. I was this morning during our worship. I was, I love to watch people worship. So if you see me turn around, it's not because I'm being a busybody. I just, I did it for so long. I like to see people worship, right? And I see some really worship and I see some sitting there like, if this is just get over in a few minutes, I'll be all right. And I'm like, man, maybe we need to do a big teaching all across the board on worship and how, what that does to you, what that means. And maybe we'll do that. Because worship can change and i you know there's all parts of worship but i'm talking about the physical singing and praising god and worshiping god worship's what you do worship is your actions and everything else but what release that what release it gives me sometimes when i come in here and i'm kind of apprehensive about what i'm going to do and how i'm going to say it i probably had the less notes for myself at this that i've had in a long time I was basically nothing there, but basically what you got mostly. And, and I was like, okay, Lord. I, but you know what? Sometimes it's the best for me. And, and so we worship just kind of pulls you into that place. And I believe the connection with God is like the Bible says, the Word says it's a fragrance to him. And he loves it. And he begins to connect with you. So we need to learn to worship God. 1 John 3.19 says, Our actions will show that we belong to the truth, so we will be confident when we stand before God. Wow. Our actions show who we are, show that we're part of the truth, we're part of God, and we will be confident when we stand. When, when our actions show that, we'll be confident when we stand before God. The Bible tells us to go boldly before the throne. We won't be walking in with our head down, hoping that God will forgive us. No, we, we know the truth. We know what's already. God's already forgiven us. Colossians 3, 1 through 3. I'm going to read it all together in, in the New Living again. It says, since you have been raised to the new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. So put your mind on it. For you died to this life, and your life is hidden with Christ. So we how do you know we had a new how do you know we have new life? Second Corinthians 5:17. It's not on in the notes or anything. It says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. And a new life has begun. So we have new life according to what the Word says. 2 Corinthians 5, in the Amplified, it says it like this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, how do we get in to be a part of Christ? We, by faith. He is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition, have passed away that old thing that we used to be has passed away behold new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life spiritual awakening brings a new life we've been brought new life by the spirit of god not by anything else anything that we do or can do or can't do but through faith in jesus christ and that spirit of god comes in us and changes us and we become new 
You're born again because of the Spirit of God. And because of that, your actions do change. Your actions will change. And you know, the thing of it is, when I said that about when we come before God boldly, before his throne, our actions will be, make us be able to do that. And it's not because we have to come not boldly. It's not because God thinks any less of those. But when we come, we know. We're standing there not because we think who we we think we are something ourselves, but our action we have changed enough till we know exactly where we're going and what we're doing, and we know we come before God that He loves us. We've settled that in our spirit, man. We've settled that in everything that we do, and we come before Him, before His throne, and say, "Thank you, Lord." And it, you know the Bible says we can ask anything in His name. Amen. That's how you live this new life in Christ. And I know you said, well, we've been, I've been a Christian a long time, but that life, that new life is still new and it's still there and it's still going on and we're near to be continually renewing that life and continually walking forward in it. So it's new. The Bible says that God's mercies are new every morning. Well, our lives ought to feel new every day. We've gotten another day to live for Christ. Let's stand this morning. Hallelujah. If you would, just bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, we thank you so much this morning for this new life that you've given us. And, Lord, I thank you that we have the opportunity to live this new life. And, Lord, that you give us in your word, out of your word, through your spirit, you equip us to live it. You equip us to live in this world which is full of sin and sickness and disease and sorrow and pain and all kinds of things like that but we can have joy because of you we can have peace because of you we can be these these things and because of that we're these things to other people which will lead them to you because they'll want to know how and why you're like you're at, you are and how you got there so father i just pray for every person in this place lord i pray for those that don't know you and maybe you're saying, well, man, I really want this new life. I pray for you today. I pray that God would touch your heart and touch your life. I pray that you would reach out to somebody. You can reach out to our website. You can call the office. You can reach out to any of us. And you can say, you know, I want this new life. I want to be like that. I want to have that peace. I want to experience that. But, Father, I pray for those today. Lord, I lift up all those in our church family. Lord, I lift up the Russell fam family, Charlotte, and, Lord, you just touch their family and touch their, give them peace and, and give them understanding. And, Lord, let them be able to be a witness to all those around them and in their family, Lord. Father, we thank you so much for your grace and your mercy in our lives. Lord, we just lift this day up to you. I pray your blessing upon all the moms out there today. Lord, may they be blessed by their children. May they be blessed through those around them. And I thank you for that, Lord. And Father, I just give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Hallelujah.